Hello and welcome to a special edition of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom, where I hear from one of the many listeners to this show, a man by the name of the Immortal Bandit, also more colloquially, Jordan. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's really an honor to have on somebody that actually is getting something out of these lectures. So I never dreamed that anyone would get anything out of them. (laughs) So (laughs) dreams become realities, my friends. Yeah. So tell us a little about yourself and how you've developed, what, what, what aspects of this, these lectures have you really benefited from? Well, to start, the uh, the Immortal Bandit came from this, from listening to this show. Um, the thought of immortality was uh, not even a conscious thought in my brain until I started listening. Um, yeah, I randomly typed in this occult on uh, the Apple podcast there, and uh, your show came up. As soon as you started talking, I started resonating. Um, the biggest thing to start was just thinking of immortality and the breathing. I have been uh, breathing, deep breathing, for at least over five to six years now, and never was breathing like I am now like consciously present every moment, one note. That uh, that way of thinking was just, it, it, there's levels to this, I guess. And uh, yeah, uh, the breathing was, was something different, man. And um, well, let me yeah, ask I don't know, you, there's so much. Let me, let me stop you there. Let's start with the breathing because we, we can yeah. kind of elaborate on it because I think, People are like, yeah, yeah, you got to breathe, you got to breathe. You know, it's like you, you tell them, and and even you tell yourself sometimes, and still, you know, you, you go for hours without breathing. I mean, whether you, you know, you, you breathe just enough to, to live, but not enough to, mm-hmm. like, see anything of worth. So, of course, you're going to be overly cynical, overly egoistic, you know, the first thing to jump to pop you out of that mode is, is oxygen, right? Mm. So the minute right, you, yeah. you start to get petty, you know that the oxygen is just not there. And that's why, you know, the minute you get angry or anything, it's just, you weren't prepared for how can you be prepared for anything when you have like a very small amount of oxygen going through you? I mean, you're an oxygen being. Especially when you're not aware of it. Right. Well, you're always not aware of it because that's part of it. I mean, that's like your awareness and your breathing are one and the same. Right. Like you, you can't have one without the other. So the idea that, like, of course, you won't be aware of it because that's the definition of not breathing is not being aware. The minute you're aware, you start breathing consciously, you make it happen. Now, 
this didn't always used to be the case. And I've been investigating kind of recently about what caused this. And I'm tracing it back to a, a dietary change. Um, you know, when, when we went from hunter-gatherers to farmers, the, the, the amount of carbohydrates that we started eating just like became much higher. Mm-hmm. And it created a scenario where we weren't equipped to deal with the – there's just so many changes that our bodies are affected by, just changing that diet, just that little thing, um, I think started creating a scenario where not only were people um, getting, you know, dying faster – but their attitudes were dictated by blood sugar much more than ever. Um, and for, the, for 30 million years before society kind of formed and farming and all this, we were creating our own blood sugar by eating various things. Like we would eat some protein, some meat. We would eat a few... Um, seeds and stuff. We'd just find things. We'd eat mm-hmm. what we could hunt or gather, literally. So, we're, we, we were, for the most part, living by converting things to glucose. And then all of a sudden, we started getting all this stuff that just gave us instant glucose. And the, the first thing that happens when you're taking in a lot of carbohydrates is like you get a fat behind your, in your throat, actually you get a certain level Mm -hmm. of fat in your throat and that cuts off the air. It makes, it actually turns you into a mouth breather. And once you are a mouth breather, you just are going to forget to breathe. It's just some, because I think because it, it's very complicated, but essentially you're, um, you're, you know your breathing is loud because you're a mouth breather. And when you start thinking, you start fearing, you start thinking maybe a predator. It's, you get in the mode of the predator is coming mode. Would you so call that survival mode? Yeah. You get yeah. into that mode, you stop breathing because you don't want to make a sound. Now, you, anytime you get stressed, you stop breathing. It's the same thing that when our ancestors were stalked by a tiger, but now there's no tiger, so, but we still stop breathing. Um, but it happens more easily because with the swinging of blood sugar, you're, you're going up and down. You're like on a roller coaster ride of emotion all day long. And so, of course, you're going to have many moments of not breathing and not non-awareness and ego because your blood sugar is just going to be kind of fluctuating pretty dramatically. And, and you're a junkie now. Like, that's what's happened. Is like most of society is running on pure glucose. And it doesn't matter if it comes from even the most whole of grains. There's... It, it, you're you're adapted now to that way of eating 
not the old way, the new way. And the new way is creates insanity, creates bad breathing, and just starts the whole thing. Now, I just find it fascinating that there's been all this attempt to harness the human being now, like going on 20,000 20, years of just society. They've tried to like come up with some organization to... To, to to hem in the insane human that is created by this diet. <laughs> you know, it's just like this yeah. diet that was like it, it's in the it's in the good book, like the whole idea about eating the fruit, don't eat the fruit. You know, I always looked at it, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like how how what does that how can I make sense of that in today's understanding? And all I can think of it is right. like, if you eat that, you're going to love it. You're going to start farming it. You're going to eat a lot of that and you're going to go insane <laughs> as a society. And you'll leave the Garden of Eden and you'll, and right now you have everything you need, but don't eat the fruit. The fruit is for the stupid animals to get fat so you can kill them and eat them. But it's not for you. Because if you eat it, you're going to mass produce it. It's the way of hell. And guess what? That's kind of what it was. Like we, when we were hunter-gatherers, we were in the Garden of Eden. Every, we didn't have overpopulation because we could only have the population that the whatever could support. We didn't, we didn't create all this food stuff to feed malnutrition babies. We just, we have the same amount of population that we need to sustain ourselves. We can't grow any higher. We're in perfect balance with nature. All of a sudden, we start harnessing nature, start trying to mass produce stuff, food, put people to slaves to do it, you know, just create a whole society around it. And just, and as, yeah. And it just, it, it created the world we live in today. Like now I'm thinking, fine, maybe this shit is like what was needed so that we could actually get to a point because without this society of insane glucose driven nuts that are like always unhappy maybe now and then happy, but for the most part, like just hating it and trying to get ahead with money and like trying to make all kinds of money because they think that that that's going to bring them where they need to go. But it's like still not enough and never enough. Anyway, that never enough shit, like where you're just never satisfied. Perfect to have a whole bunch of people in this kind of society that way, because that's what drives it. If everybody were like chill and happy in the way they were at this moment, where are they what are they going to buy? What are they going to try to, you know, the whole thing runs yeah. on an unhappiness, right? So mm-hmm. all these unhappy people are created. It's like a self-creating machine, and and, and it's just interesting that there's just so many attempts to like philosophically to deal with it. Um, 
over the years, when you just look at the history of philosophy and then they're trying to like isolate what's moral and what's not moral. And it's just like, well, you need to get out of your, you need to become non-miserable if you want to become a good person. Like they want people to be good people and still be miserable. It's impossible. That's all. You can't be miserable and be a good person. You can't. Nobody can. And, and so, and if you are miserable and you think you're a good person, you're not. Because you're transmitting your misery to other people, whether you are thinking you're doing it or not, you're doing it. Because you're miserable and the shit, people feel it. People are, if they're around you, they'll feel your shit and they won't. It's like a smell. It's like a what? It's like a smell. You can, it's so like pungent, you know, you can see it, see it on them. Right. So I'm, I'm sorry to go on and on about it, but it's. No, the, no, no, please. The, the reason why this happens is this because people are, for the most part, they're just, they're getting to a point where they're just junkies for glucose. Now, it turns out when the body creates its own glucose through, through um, a, thing, a process called thermogenesis. Sorry, I'm kind of moved away from the mic. But thermogenesis, the idea where you take fat, either your own fat or fat you take in, and convert that to glucose. We, we did that the in body, our bodies. The body, natu- the body naturally does this. One, yeah, the body does this. If you, you know, for example, if you're like a little bit fat and you get trapped somewhere where you can't eat for days, your body will take the fat from your gut and process it as food. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what fat stores are for. They're they're like food sources. If you get into a state where you there's no food, so fruit for the most part ape creatures used to eat the fruit that was hanging from trees during the summer, get kind of fat. Then over the winter months, it wasn't as much food so that they just like that fat would take care of them. Kind of like how the balance would happen. But the problem is, it's like we, we're just too smart. You know, we'd like something, Mm -hmm. we create it, we replicate it and we, and we go nuts on it. I mean, we make alcohol out of it. We start binging alcohol. I mean, alcohol is such a fucking poison that it's amazing that it's not illegal. Like, I guess it was, and they made it legal because they just couldn't contain it. But that's because they kept all the other carbohydrates. You know, they make... It's like, you need to have alcohol if you're fucking getting thrown back and forth mentally with blood sugar and it, what it does to people's minds is it it just shakes their it shakes their um core to the point where they start living like as egos and it created this society man the society of like me selfish uh that They've been then they had to come in with religion to like be like, no, man, let me convince you how it's selfish 
to be good. You know, because yeah. like you need to, these are the kind of people that need that kind of convincing. You, you can't be like, oh, just this is how you're a good guy. They're like, why do I want to be a good guy? Like, I want to be yeah. a fucking cutthroat. If you're, you know, nice guys finish last. Totally untrue, by the way, but everybody, that's the going mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, you have to be a cocksucker. You have to be such a <laughs> a go-getter that you can't think about, you know, what the right thing is. You got to think about the, what the right thing is for you. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that if that were the universe we lived in, that would be fucking horrible. Like, you don't even think about that, you know, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying generally speaking, people don't think about the implication of the universe. Like, that's the universe. (laughs) We don't, nothing. Like, it's just who can get ahead and there's no morality in the universe. It's just this void of like, who can fucking get over on the next guy, right? Yeah, we had it at one point and... Now it seems like we're being bred into that. I mean, the point is, it's like there is no harmony in your mind unless there's harmony outside, right? So you you can't get to harmony by engaging in disharmony. It just that's impossible. You can't get ha- you can't get to bliss by inflicting non-bliss on people, right? I mean, it's just like, that doesn't compute. So, so, so I always put, I, so just back in, I'll let you start in and whatever other stuff you want to talk about. No but back to the breath, it's just that it's, it's something that gets interrupted by your diet. And so, mm-hmm. I recommend like really, like just, Keep your carbohydrates like in the keto level because it's like they're not what you as a 30 million year old man because that's what you are. You're a 30 million year old animal. And like for for most of that time, you weren't eating all this, all these breads and stuff like you just you were eating mostly meat, really. Few pieces of fruit here and there, or vegetables here and there, but fruit. I mean, uh, the fruit that you found, and then the meat. <laughs> now people are like, yeah. "What about vegan?" You know, I'm a vegan. What are you? Are you anything? Uh, I was vegan for four years, and uh, it started with. Uh, you know, a service to the animals, and it was really factory farming, which is what I had a problem with. And then I started doing research on hunting and, you know, uh, sustainable farming, and I uh, I realized there was another option, and my body was also just craving it. Uh, as soon as I went back, uh, my eyesight got better. I started sleeping sound, no more waking up every three hours because I just wasn't grounded. Um I'm literally now just on the paleo diet, so it's just clean meat and veggies. And uh, incorporating that with the breathing has allowed me to make breathing a conscious activity. 
Uh, I don't, I got off of coffee, uh, no more sugar, just through listening uh, through here and um, actually trying to implement it. And it, it works. It's, uh, it's hard. It's definitely hard. You're constantly tempted, you know? It's hard until you kind of like resolve it and you're just like, no, it's, it, you realize it's, it, it connects up with your mood and it's just like, mm-hmm. why do I want to do that to myself mood wise? I know it'd be great to taste this cake or whatever, but it's like a few hours later, like you become a semi sociopath. That's the problem. <laughs> and then yeah. in that little gap time of like a half an hour or even an hour you'll do something that's totally out of character for your soul and then you'll spend your whole lifetime living it down or trying to justify it or trying to like sometimes it's a crime that's what's so sad about like the people that commit murders and things like that I mean it was a Twinkie that did that I'm just going to say too many donuts. (laughs) Right. I was talking on the last show about merging with food. Like every time you eat. I was just listening to it. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, would you merge with a Twinkie? Like, does that something that you would like to merge with? That puts it in perspective really quick. (laughs) But you taste it. It tastes so good. You know, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I particularly had a craving for those kind of things. And, hey, that's only natural because your body makes it on its own. Your body's just like, wow, I can get that shit without making it? It's like getting free money for your body. So yeah, and you it, were talking about in the early episodes about your gut and what's going in your gut is what you're craving, you know? And as soon as I took all of that shit out of my gut, I no longer wanted it. Ice cream was my thing. I loved, you know, a nice little ice cream cap after a meal. But then I realized, oh, I'm not actually sleeping. I'm just laying in bed. And I wonder, I've been wondering why all these years it takes me so long to go to sleep. And it's because I have sugar running through my blood. And uh, that was a huge game changer. I sleep amazing now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've recommended the taping of your mouth shut at, when you go to sleep. Um, I don't recall that one. Okay, no, I, maybe I haven't brought it up yet because I just discovered that, um, you know, you you're, you're, you should not ever breathe through your mouth. Um, that there's certain um, little aspects of nitrous oxide that come from breathing through your nostrils that you don't get from breathing through your mouth. So when you sleep with your mouth open, you, you have a bad sleep and you, and it actually wakes you up. You snore, all these bad things happen. And I've actually changed that with uh, meditation as well. I've been doing into the nose, out to the mouth, and then I've changed it to into the nose, out to the nose. And, there seems to be this reserve tank that's just being uh, harnessed. I don't know how how to explain that, but uh, I feel like I, I'm just reserving more power. And the breath, yeah, if we're using your mouth, takes up way more energy than needed. Well, it's also because the air, when it comes in, it just hits the back of your throat. 
whereas and then it has to kind of make a sharp turn down but with the nose mm. it it has this very aerodynamic u-turn that it does it goes up and then it goes down straight down into your diaphragm so it goes up your nose and then goes straight down into your diaphragm whereas in your throat it kind of comes and hits the throat kind of loses momentum then tries to go down but it goes just to your upper lung so your mm-hmm. nasal breathing will is more connected to your diaphragm and and it also adds other chemicals to the oxygen it adds nitrous oxide which will naturally make you happier now all this stuff we're talking about like why you should breathe why you should avoid you know too much carbohydrates is because you're trying to get to a point of, of you're trying to get to the even keel bliss state in your mind so that everything else follows from that. You don't need to come up with some elaborate way of living once you get in tap into that. Right. Cause you're just like walking yeah. around that's what Jesus Christ, that's where he was. Like, that's why everyone was like, who is this motherfucker? And it's just like a guy who feels okay. He just feels good. <laughs> that's it. He feels good, man. And they're like, this guy, he's like, a, he's a prophet. And it's like, no, he's just like, he's I'm. He's a witch. <laughs> what, whatever he is. Yeah. It's, it's always the, the most, and it's usually the more charismatic people are just their happiness level is just a little higher than everybody else's. And, and yeah, it's like, the, it it's like the bad, sorry to interrupt, but it's like the, uh, it's like when you can send someone's uh, internal negative, it's like you can send someone's internal positive just as well. Absolutely. So you're just looking at, I'm always trying to find the angle of how to create the bliss inside of you and and the problem that I have, and maybe you can give me advice because you've could have tried to apply these, is that I know a lot of these lectures of fallen wisdom. They come out of me, but I, you know, on a on an hourly, minutely basis, I have a problem of keeping the perspective of them, even though I'm the one that they're emanating from. I I, I still, you know. I'll be in moments where I'm letting myself get annoyed. I'm indulging in it. And it's like, like it, it's like I was, I'm the most unenlightened asshole there ever was. So I know that feeling. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you can go for weeks just being so spiritual. I remember I had like honestly figured out enlightenment. I, I figured it out. Like I understood it. And I was just walking around like in this total blissed out state. And then I went and visited my mom. And for some reason, it just, it took me like to the opposite world. Like, and I was like a total dick. And I was like, wow, like, how did this happen? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> the breathing, I mean, it no, starts with that. But. Yeah. It's it's got to be blood or something, man. Uh, there's for me when I uh, 
I, you know, the classic Ram Dass saying, you know, if you feel enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. It's like literally what you went through. Um, that, uh, it seems like we have something to prove with blood related members. We, I don't know. I can be the most enlightened guru to a stranger, you know, cause I have no internal connection with them. There's it's more surface in that first meeting, but then someone, you know, your entire life that, you know, they kind of know you really well. There can be this like defensiveness that, this wall that just flies up uh, way quicker than with someone you don't know at all, which is weird, but uh, that's just through my experience. But I found, yeah, I really just back to breathing and being, trying to just stay conscious of that breath, even in those moments, being aware of those trigger moments when I, I think really taking out the sugar and the caffeine has allowed me to be very aware of when the doors of a trigger open. And instead of just running through it, I'm now able to veer off and or even choose to just remove the door like it was never there. And that's just through, you know, having an even keel throughout the entire day. And I, I tell people, you know, any, and I got this from you, anything that like brings you up, is going to bring you back down at some point and probably double the amount that it brought you up. And for sure, as soon as I removed, yeah, as soon as I removed all that, it felt easier to choose what emotion to dive into. And that always seemed to be either love or fear. Every, you know, step and breath we take through life seems to be either a choice of love or a choice of fear at the root of it, at least. That's so true. But ultimately, if you're in bliss state, you just naturally choose the non-fear. And right. as a child, you're in the bliss state for, for a while until you, you get fucked with, basically, by yep. the, the adults. And they mm-hmm. transform you. They, they, they kick you out of the bliss state through, through their Judgment. own... I mean, just basically giving you their shitty perspective. Um, yes. Yes. And, and, and so, but what I noticed with family members is that you, you really need to have a game plan in terms of like, if you're feeling great, there's a tendency if they're not feeling so great to try to make you not feel great too. Just, it's it's not right. conscious. It's just a natural, you know. Somebody if somebody's a little bit annoyed, which most people are. Most people are walking around a little bit annoyed all the time, and they could be the nicest, coolest person. It doesn't matter if they're annoyed. Sometimes if they're really nice and cool, when they're annoyed, like they're monsters. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. so... It's still in you, there. If you think you're nice and cool, if you're the nicest, coolest person when you're not annoyed, when you are annoyed, you're like a demon. <laughs> it's a flip yeah. of it, you know? Because you're really totally. effective at, at 
if, if you're really effective at being good, you're really effective at being evil. <laughs> but For real. that's why it's like when when you when you are a good person and you do the wrong thing, you have you get pretty instant karma. Um, oh yeah, it's quick usually. But when you're a fuck up that does shit bad all the time. It's more like, and I think it's, this is worse, but it looks like them getting away with shit, but they, their karma will just come when they least expect it down the road, not instant, and it'll make them even, it'll seduce them into thinking, oh, I got away with that shit. Like, it's weird. I mean, like I'm saying, saints get punished more harshly than criminals. And that's what I've noticed in the universe. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it seems like the uh, the bad guys have more guys on their team. <laughs> and it seems well, like... They're lost. They're, yeah, they, it, there's a lot of lost souls. They're so lost that they're being... What's happened is they're being driven in like a spiral down into the rungs of hell they're like that that's their process so you look at somebody who does bad things and you some you sometimes see them getting away with it but that's like actually part of the hell they're in like it would be good for them not to get away with it like personally for their soul right (laughs) instead they might think about it you know Whatever it is, they might change their ways. They might become good, you know. But now yeah. they're going to keep indulging in it. They're going to keep harming themselves because literally when you indulge in evil, you, you are harming your, your own self. So they're going to keep going and they're going to kill themselves, but not without inflicting a lot of horrible things. It's hard to look at a universe like that and be like, there's morality, right? Because you're just like, how are evil people allowed to 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 do what they do, um, and then say that the moral, the universe is moral? Well, it's not moral for just like it's it's moral involved because we talked about different parallel universes, right? It's like. Mm-hmm. You, you you could get killed in this parallel universe, but you just wake up in the next one. I mean, that, yeah. that, has that has that idea affected you at all? Yeah, I have this thing I do when I I mean it's a little different, but like let's say just for an example, I'm driving down the road on the freeway and someone swerves in front of me, and I kind of like have to slam on my brakes a little bit, but everything's okay, and they just fly off. In my head, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if they would have swerved, lost control of the car, flew into me, my car just burst into flames, whatever. I have this whole projection of a scene that might happen, and then I just have this thing that I, like, I imagine that scene just kind of dispersing through, like, a pink, purple, golden bubble kind of thing. Like, these bubbles just disperse the reality, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm definitely removing myself from, you know, hopping into that reality and that version of things. And I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of my own thing, but it seems like I have the choice sometimes to 
like let's say that guy cut me off. Okay, now the guy that cuts me off, there's a reality where I can go and chase him and be a part of this energy from this reality, or I can just let that reality go and drive off. Right. That's kind of how I look at, look at it sometimes. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, essentially, you, you did die, at least in one parallel universe. Or many. When, yeah, but at least one. And there's also, there's also at least one that you lived. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand that, you really understand that from your perspective, you will never die. <laughs> this is the aspect of immortality that kind of is like, even people who, you, even if you don't believe in it, <laughs> this is what's happening. You're never dying. Um, you can get super old till you realize it. I don't know why you have to, but to me, it's like every, you, you might die in one universe, but there's always at least one where you didn't. And that's where you go. Um, and there's you usually you fluctu- more. You can fluctuate in and out of that momentarily. Um, or is it just happening and you just, you know, I don't know what exactly what you're asking, because I look at it more like if you're, you're, um, you can leave a corpse in one parallel, but then from your perspective, what happens? You just embody another parallel where you're alive. So I don't know if you can like travel back because I mean, you'd be traveling back to just a corpse. So <laughs> I don't think you could right. come back and then reanimate your corpse. Uh, I guess I didn't mean as not as much as like going back, but like maybe left or right. If your path is straight and you just keep going left and right and it takes you longer to get to that straight. If you just went straight to the destination, whatever the destination may be for that example but you're going left and right so it's almost detouring you out of realities that you maybe want to stay in that one that feels good which is just the, yes. the bliss state reality okay now you're talking about you're talking about um when you get when you get to a certain level with oxygen where if you can get your oxygen level over like to a super extent you start to go into the high oxygen parallel universe you're talking about yes like that's that's another version of this idea like yeah like there's life and death parallel universes but then there's levels of consciousness parallel universes where like if your level of consciousness is super high you're effectively in another universe than somebody who is even you're standing side by side with them (laughs) they're in a whole different realm um, so yes, like the, the, if, if you, that's the whole point of like raising your consciousness, raising your bliss state and monitoring your bliss state. Like people think that they're not supposed to feel constant bliss and then they're very kind of depressed all the time. And they're like wondering why. And I'm like, because it's one or the other, <laughs> You yeah. can't just be like, 
you people think that they should be neutral and then you know get happy sometimes and then you know get mad sometimes but basically like they expect to be neutral i don't know if you've ever watched somebody's face a couple of seconds before you actually run into them like you see them randomly on the streets and you'll see them yeah, with their face like four times <laughs> well their their face is who is what is what they are and it's like this not happy not sad but a little annoyed normal kind of state that everyone thinks is the normal state but it's not it's like it is depression because it's right. unless you're in the bliss state you're in the depressed state like there's no <laughs> so you always have to be like am i you should not be ever in any moment not in the bliss state but people like don't they don't think that right no no People yeah, if you're questioning, like, if you're questioning it, you're you're definitely not in it. <laughs> I mean, it just it it. I think it's just been accepted by society that you only enter the bliss state like when you take a ton of drugs or like you know have sex with a prostitute or whatever. Like the extremes of of life, like win a ton of money in that, you know, you'll just get that rush of bliss and then that's all you can mm-hmm. hope for. And like life is about like n- t- tying uh, goals to, you know, or, or just tying the bliss state to goals and being like, well, if I accomplish this goal, then I'll be happy. And like, and that, that has, you know, like I said, ruined people's lives and it, because they get to the goal, they get a little burst of happiness, but then it's over then it's just like they have yeah. to go back down. And it's like, what is that? Like, how, how do you live like that? But as much as I, we tell people to breathe, if they don't get off the glucose train, it, it's almost impossible to... That's what I was finding out. Like, like you were saying, like, in, until you get your diet under control like, and you, you keep your blood sugar from swinging wildly... You're on a constant roller coaster of emotions and no amount of meditation, Zen practice, mindfulness will always catch everything. Yeah. You're going to slip up. I found, I found a hundred percent. I found the combination with that and physical exercise, you know, exerting an extreme amount of energy for me. I like to do it early in the morning. It feels like if I do something super intense, like an hour long workout where I'm pouring sweat at the end of it. And then I jump in the sauna for 45 minutes at 150 degrees and feel like I'm going to pass out and die by the end of it, get out, hop in the ice cold shower. Those three things that were these big challenges in the morning, the rest of the day sets you up for, you know, gold and, Wow, that's great. Yeah, man, that's been literally changing my life. And, uh, yeah, these past, like, this whole year, man, has been, uh, I felt like a pause on, you know, my growth and not growth, but uh, my projection of how I'd like my desired reality to come about. It felt like there was just the universe, but a big pause on it. And I realized I was 
more concerned about the outcome of my actions rather than just my actions. And that was just throwing me in this loop and just digging me deeper, deeper down this hole. As soon as I started incorporating the clean diet with this rigorous workout just in the morning and then, you know, the, the heat and cold exchange, everything started unfolding. As I was opening back up to myself, life started opening back up and I felt the reflection from inside of me was being output. And uh, that, that is number one to me for sure is those, that those two things, the, the diet and the physical exercise literally can change your life. Right. And, and then also you just, um, then it becomes, you can implement all these practices that I talk about on lectures of fallen wisdom in terms of breathing. It's like, but I've been trying to tell people that haven't fixed their diet to do these things. And it's like, they hear me, but it's like, they really just can't do it. I mean, Mm-hmm. It's, they're they they're too emotional, or they're too sociopathic, one or the other. It's like they bounce from over emotion to sociopath back and forth, yeah. and that's the world we live in. And that's why, that's what this whole ego thing has come about from. Um, it's 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 the, like an autopilot of sorts that takes into account. It's like a it's a robot, really, in your in your mind that takes into account only very petty interests and takes control of you, and you'll do things under the auspices of e- ego that are totally out of your normal soul character, and then you have to live with the consequences of those actions through your whole life. And and repeatedly, and they ripple on each its, itself. Like you just keep compounding it layers with more and layers. On, yeah, and with each um, uh, bad event that happens, that you cause, that you regret, that causes you emotional pain to think about, you create what Scientology calls an engram. And that is like this floating, like basically free radical mind particle in your brain, in your thoughts, that is a, is a continuous poison. Scientology is like, there's not, it's not like totally out. It's not like insanity. Like they have certain things that they like figured out that are actually true. And one of them is this engram thing because they, they basically said like, you have so many of these like moments where you either overreacted or somebody else overreacted and you, and you remember it and it scarred you that you get, you get an accumulation of them in your brain and like you're, it's impossible for you to be fixed after a certain point. You're like a computer with like way too many viruses. It's like, just have to throw it out. Um, and, and, and each little event that happens that doesn't sit right with you emotionally becomes an engram. So you want to reduce your production of those events as much as possible. Yeah. You can't avoid them completely. But 
you know. It's almost so, part of it. Is what? Just that experience. I feel. Do you, do you know a single person that doesn't have one of those or an experience like that where it's led them to be who they are today? It's it's almost like the human experience. It's almost like the human experience is a video game, and that's that's one of the. Uh, that's just one of the missions you have to go through or something. It's, it's, it's like almost programmed into the, the system of how things work. We have to learn how to get through each one of our own little uh, passages of time, if you will. And trials. Yeah. Trials. Yeah. And trials, tribulation, all that. I, uh, I think that it just takes, it's just hard to say though, because it, you know, I had to go out of my way into myself just to search a cult onto a podcast search engine. You know, some people don't ever take that, just that little step into themselves just to like go deeper. There's always seems to be this, this bridge that they have to cross and no one wants to cross it because it's just, it's, there's too much fear there. And, and I guess that's why there's, it separates the brave souls from the not. Um, but well, describe kind of what you were going through when you did that search. I mean, you said you had felt somewhat like you were slowing down or, or what was it that led you to seek out the occult? And also what's your, I mean, I'm sure you found other occult stuff. Like I was wondering what you found. I was reading occult books. That that was it. I was I was diving into draconian stuff, um, a lot of Kundalini serpent energy, but on you know the darker side of things, if you will, um, black magic. You know, all, I, I went through it all. Yeah, and just I don't know. I was really just going through books, and then I was like, man, I, I wonder if people are talking about anything like this and uh i had just the thought some some something put that thought into my brain to search that because i was just getting into podcasts and this was like four no not four years ago this is probably 2018 19 um probably more 19 and yeah that's i I, did i have a, a reminder on my phone um, that I get every morning that I've had for like two years that says stay immortal. Every morning I get that little flash, stay immortal. And uh, <laughs> that's, dude, for real, man. And uh, I feel like little things like that keep me focused on the monitor of the breathing. It allowed me to have a monitor or at least be aware of it that I have one. And well, you connected them. You connect them um you know that even my mind doesn't connect them yet i mean so that's a pretty that's a step beyond me that i haven't gotten to yet so that's great cuz they are connected thank you man they're they're the yeah. same like you can't have one without the other same thing with bliss mm-hmm. like bliss is breathing is immortality is bliss and on and on and that's another thing is like and I've talked about this on the show is the molecules in your body, like they've agreed to be with you for the long haul, but you better give them some bliss, man. 
<laughs> like, don't, For real, don't let yourself feel like shit. Like, that, they well, don't want to feel that. as soon as I started that. doing that, yeah, they don't want to feel that at all. And as soon as I stopped letting them feel that, you know, I haven't gotten sick in over five years. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was just through breathing. And <laughs> no change in diet or anything. It was just more intentional breathing. And that... Yeah, I've I've been good for a minute, and that's were you, just being you, in touch with that. Were you in depression? Were you having problems with depression? Um, not as much as I was this year. It was more circumstantial and just, I yeah, social media was eating me up with comparison, and uh, I've been off of that for a while. But most of it was just my projection of how I saw my life kind of moving was not moving in that direction and I was letting it destroy me and well you were that's you were you were um brainwashed into the death cult right like you thought you (laughs) had to die (laughs) right go 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 deeper on that what do you mean I'm saying before you, you said you weren't thinking about immortality before you heard from right. from this yes. thing. So yeah, you yeah. essentially okay. were like one of these people that, and most people just assume that they're going to die someday. I had the clock on. I had the clock on and there was a time limit. Right. And, and it wasn't I was upset about you. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it's 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 so makes sense. It's like yeah, of course. Like you you're you're here. You know, if you're not making it, it like by the time you're thirty, thirty five, you're a failure, right? I mean, under that scenario, um, yeah. And it's amazing because it's like you're a failure if you're not in the bliss state. Period. And that's what's crazy about money and making it is that if you do make it like money wise or fame or whatever it is without figuring out the bliss state beforehand, you will never figure it out. It's like a hell sentence. It's way harder at that point. It's almost impossible because it's really, you can't hit. It's like you have to be able to hit rock bottom and money and fame protect you from that. Mm. Um, Eventually it happens. Like, like I said, like you, you you can go through a million different scenarios where you 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 die and you lose your you, you know you lose your life but eventually you get it eventually you figure it out it's just like let's figure it out now and like without all the pain without all the nightmares without all the fucking horror uh that you have to go through uh body horror in the form of aging my God, and and so, so when you figured out that you're like not a dying thing, and you're just like this machine that can theoretically go forever, how did that change your perspective? I wasn't in a rush anymore. I right. uh, I was. It, it's all one moment. Gone. Yeah, it's all one moment, and you know the, the the sun and the moon are kind of allusions to the way we perceive time, 
it just helps with how society runs now, but it's all one moment. And I also look at, you know, the time span of man and some say, I'm sure you've heard this saying, like, you're already dead. You are, you are already dead. It would happen so quick. We were here for a blip of a second and, and then it's the next thing without you. And, but that without you, you know, that's the thought my ego is going without me because I'm something <laughs> and I need to be a part of this thing, but still need to be singled out somehow in some fashion when really you're just a part of it. You're along for the ride. And when you realize that and you just let go, it gets a lot easier. And, and that you said it in the, in the early episodes, probably like a year ago, uh, it was about just removing thought, you know, and we were talking right. about disengaged thought and that was, I, I, sh- I should have added that to the, the things, but that, that literally changed my life, dude, that disengaged thought trick. It, it works. It's, it's almost instant, at least for me personally, that, uh, that allowed okay, me to um, just gear out of whatever for, was happening, you know. For people that um, didn't listen to that, give, right. give them a nutshell what, how you how you interpret that, or how would you tell somebody to do that? So the disengaged thought and kind of what I was talking to you about before is, I picture, you know, the mouse or the hamster on the hamster wheel, and that's that thought, thought train. That, yeah, that's your thought train that's just constantly, what am I doing right now? Do I need to be doing something? Do I need to, right. whatever, you know? I, like, why the, did you the, do that, things? asshole? Like, why are you so stupid, you know? <laughs> exactly, all, all of them. And I started really getting a good visual on that mouse just running and running and running. And That's a meta thought. Watching, that's like yeah, a meta you step outside thought and look down on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was becoming really clear and it was exhausting me. And I have a tendency just to learn things the hard way and I got to go through it for a while. So I just get tired of it. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. That's why I shouldn't be doing that. And so this was just another moment where I had just been visualizing that thought train or that that wheel for so long and finally I visualized the mouse just jumping off and removing the wheel completely and then you have a mouse just in this limbo space and that limbo space I would call my nirvana you know when I find that deep meditation and that one noteness that one that one state where everything the bliss state it's where everything comes back to that one hum and that one hum seems to correlate with with everything of how you feel inside, what's going on, all the timestamps in your brain that you need to do this, do that. It, it doesn't matter anymore because it's it's just it's happening. You're here with it. Uh, for me, just that one moment takes the pressure off of every so, other moment that may or has existed. And and but you're it's tied to some degree to the the word disengage right for you or or have you removed the word you don't even use the word no I, I use the words 
the word, the vocal representation seems to be for me a little bit more powerful than just thinking it. If I can vocally say say it, allows me to, if anything, jump into that reality of we're now the with the disengaged thought bliss state. So it creates and you the can mouse. feel it creep, creep back in, you know. But right. if, you, if you have to say it ten times or a hundred times to get there, do it. Right. So. For those of you who didn't hear it, I, I recommended that if you see your mind kind of chattering a lot and like there's a lot of thought going to it, like don't engage. And so I basically say disengage. And it's sort of a command that your mind basically not engage in random thinking. And 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 yeah. but this new thing with the, the mouse and the wheel, it's great because I love it because it gives you something to focus on. It gives you something for your mind to do, which inherently takes your mind off the thinking train and yeah. onto something above it. And so it's fucking exactly. brilliant. And um, Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm always, it's like, I'm going to use that in my own life. Cause Please do. Please do. <laughs> I've been, have, I might, you know, I say disengage, but then, I'm I'm right back there like two seconds later. So uh, that'll be a way to keep myself there. Now, what I wanted to emphasize, though, was that the the whole thing about bliss is that it's it's it exists. It gets papered over with thought like it's like the minute you remove aimless thought, bliss just automatically arises. It's not some mystery destination. It's just covered up and you have to get rid of the cover which is thought and thought it forms this prison around your head basically it doesn't let bliss in um it's like a barrier to bliss and so you have to break down that barrier um and and you have to do it on a constant basis by being conscious that it's there and the minute you call it out and see that it's there and see that it's independent of you and not actually you, then it goes, it, it starts to fall. And then you start to feel right. the bliss. The bliss just starts to come in. You just, you're letting it, you're opening the door. Um, and it by feels great. <laughs> right. By not having, what, somebody, did, somebody else is calling in now. Let me see if they want to talk. Hold on. With... Hello. By not having. Hello. Somebody. Somebody else is calling in now. Let me see if they. Want we to got talk. feedback. Just, I think they're just listening to me. Anyway, I just tried to answer your call, and then I heard me like a delay because they're listening live. But anyway, <laughs> it's you, man. It's Logan. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll get into that in a second and, you know, we won't go too much longer cuz we've been going for a while here. But no worries. The, but the the main thing is is that bliss is where you're living. You're in the garden of Eden. You you're the matrix is thought. And like now that this new matrix movie is coming out, it's a good metaphor because it's like your whole, the whole of your like aimless mind is 
the prison that you're in. It's the thing that's keeping you from bliss. And it's the thing that's keeping you from being your most intelligent self, your best self, your your non-procrastinating self. Like, you don't have to read all kinds of self-help books. You just have to figure out how to stop thinking when you're not intentionally thinking. And then, and, and the way to do that is through the breathing. The breathing cuts off aimless thinking and brings in oxygen. Um, very simple and makes you happy, makes you start to feel good. But without the diet, we've said this over and over, without like a, a real attention to your blood sugar levels, you're going to find it very hard to live in choppy waters, choppy emotional waters, and maintain your bliss and your breathing. So sleep too, very important. And as you said, meditation. Now let's talk about very quickly about this cold versus hot stuff. Because I've been doing cold showers recently in the morning, but I don't have the hot sauna, but I just go right in. I'm just like, let me just do this. And I've been doing it for like, maybe the last month and I'm finding that it's awesome. Like it's amazing. It just makes you by forcing yourself to do it and going against your instinct, which is not to do it. You're strengthening a part of yourself. That's like, you're, you're, you're basically creating a better scenario where you have more control as an enlightened being over your body you're showing yourself that you are the boss and you decide Mm -hmm. instead of being just a passenger, you, you kind of gain a foothold like for the whole day by being disciplined to go in the cold. That's what I found. But yeah, it's a way it's a, I mean, it's, it's the same idea though. It's uh, I don't know if you know, if you follow the guy on Instagram, liver King. No. Okay, so this dude's a savage. He looks like a Viking, um, but he's got this whole thing of it's basically just earning it, earning your meals, earning the day. And when I'm working out, when I'm in the sauna and I'm at death's door because it's so hot, and then I'm in the ice shower because it's so cold, but there's this a sense of gratification after like I really earned the day, like I really earned the right to live for the day. And right. I don't know, man, that that's just been getting me through it. That just focusing on that and just bettering myself through earning it, literally just earning the day has opened up my entire life. And, you know, all these opportunities are coming through and, it's, it feels like if I just focus on that and stay in that bliss state and whatever I have to do to get there, the rest of life seems to do its thing, at least in the way that I would like it to in some fashion. And, yeah, man, I don't know. That just It's it's really as simple as that, but it's not because you got to do it. And, you know, it's it's always the hardest getting into it, but as soon as you do it for a week or a month, like you said, you kind of start craving it. Your body, your cells start craving that, like that release after that pressure. And 
I don't know. There's, there's something there, man. There's something there. And I would love to get more people on that tip. Yeah. It's really hard to get people that are just like contaminated by this normal way of thinking. It's just, they live in that kind of space of, like we said, like just a little bit like mild depression. It doesn't have to be like major depression. It's just like mild depression where it's just the non-bliss state, but it's, you know, it's not what we were supposed to be in. It's not what was, you know, and that's like the, the Christ message was that essentially it's just like, they're like, where's this kingdom of heaven? And he's like, it's right here, man. It's like, it's in here. front of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking that's at like, it. You're feeling it. Yeah, like you think it's you think I'm some kind of savior. I'm just like a son of a man. He says I'm the son of man. What does that mean? Does that did he call himself the son of God? I don't know if he ever did. Um, and you know my theory about it was that you. Jesus. What? Go ahead. No, I think it was you that said in the early one. You're like Jesus. You know, he was just he was trying to convince everyone that they're they're just like him. You know, like. I'm right. the son of God, but so are you. You're the daughter of God. You're the son. Yeah. You're also the son of God. <laughs> right. Like, it's not just me. It's like such a misunderstanding. It's like, oh, you declare yourself the son of God? It's like, no, you. We all are. And yeah. But you won't be the son of God unless you get into the bliss state. That's what he's trying to say is like. Right. I'm there, like you're not. <laughs> and like, yeah. what? How do you get people? That's the thing, though. It's like, how do you get other people? How do you bring other people into the bliss state? That I, I think, I I know that you can't get annoyed that they aren't there. You know, um, that doesn't work. But do you ever think about that? They're you're just many incarnations ahead of them and that the soul is the same. It's just, it needs more vessels to learn. Well, I mean, if, if to accept it and define it that way, that's fine. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm always a type of person that just like wants people to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's 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 tough because you know when you start preaching to somebody about diet, they're just like, oh God, like you know when they hear the word keto or they hear the word um, what was it the paleo or you know they just mm-hmm. their eyes glaze over. They're just like vegan, oh. especially. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it's vegan is the, the thing with vegan is that most vegans are like eating tons of carbohydrates. Um, you know, like it's just because they're vegetarian, you know, it's like, it's okay. The to soy eat. too. Yeah. The soy, which is like a, an industrial product. I mean, I don't know how long humans have been eating. I guess Japanese have been eating it for a long time, but, it's, it does have a kind of form of estrogen in it that can mimic mm. estrogen in the body. So, yeah. 
soy and 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 just the whole like fake meat thing is it's it's a genetic kind of monstrosity at this point like what is this food stuff uh, also why do you want to eat a fake version of what you're not trying to eat <laughs> I, right <laughs> like and it, what are we doing like here bloody it's bloody <laughs> i mean it's beet juice come on man it, well actually it's um they developed in a lab that's called um lahemoglobin it's protein like, right it's a blood they made out of soy okay and they call it uh like soy mcglobin or i mean it's it has the word globin in it so it's blood so it's like they they manufacture they figured a way in the lab to create a form of blood they probably use some beet juice and some other things but whatever it is it's great like you you can't tell the difference now between like an impossible or one of these burgers and like meat but at what cost it's not it's not meat it's it's hard to say what it is whatever it is but vegan i think is probably the best diet if you're doing it like the right way in a, and in a fashion that doesn't eat too much carbs, which is tough. Pea protein yeah, can help. I, mean, I was on, I was doing pea protein for a while, um, just through milk, uh, uh, pea milk. Yeah. Um, but for me, the, uh, the reason I, I stopped being a vegan was my, my body literally operates, at a higher function on animal protein rather than plant protein. I was having to eat, you know, six to eight times a day and not getting anything from it. And maybe I wasn't supplementing correctly and not eating. I don't, I don't know if you have to go raw. I just don't think I could do that. I mean, I could. I you have did to, it for a little bit. You have to do intermittent fasting if you if you eat vegan, like, because you, yeah, you have to give you have to be able to load up on food and create like, but you, you really have to go through caloric restriction to get the most out of it. Right. Um, like, you know, you basically have to go through a period of starvation to like utilize what you take in. Otherwise you just kind of store it. It doesn't really neutrify you and it goes through your body and you feel weak and you just never get any nutrient nutrients. That's right. kind of what happens. What happens, like, most vegans are creating more fat in their body. I mean, they just, because they're eating, they're not eating enough protein, they're not eating enough fat. So they're creating fat. And that fat has to be burned. And, and, and that's where you get your vitamins. Like, I mean, some burning the fat you create instead of, like, sugar, so that's if you want to be a vegan, you have to you have to do some intermittent fasting. Just mm. don't eat like don't eat for eighteen hours, and then eat like a ton of shit for four hours, like that kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. um, with your diet though, now you're doing like a paleo diet, and how much time are you allowing? between like your last meal and your first meal? At least 10 to 12 hours. Okay. 
So I'll, I'll I will eat my first meal usually around. I don't know. It depends. It varies from like eleven to one, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and then the next meal won't be till at least like seven or eight. But that from that night into the next day, that really like clears whatever was um, be, trying to be processed or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's good to go at least 12. Um, I And 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 the longer the better, actually, you know. Um, another yeah. thing to good do is just do, like, a three-day fast. Mm. And and at the end of that fast like smoke some tobacco like on a mountaintop like before eating anything and you'll see like that'll some send serious you. what said that'll send you that'll 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 get you yeah like that if you really want to change your like something in your situation do the 3 day like water fast like and then smoke like some really good tobacco like in a pipe. Um, that's the only time you should ever use tobacco is like after three days of like not eating. Like that's Native American way of doing it. Like just having right. it as a cigarette is like such a sacrilege, spiritual fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm like, on that fuck up train right now, my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying though. I don't actually smoke the actual um, cigarette. I, I twist it out uh, and mix it with some cannabis. Um, oh, but I feel well, like... I know that's actually the best way to do it. If you're going to do it, like at least mix some cannabis in there because it, that'll somewhat kind of cancel it out um mm. and what i've noticed is that what i don't like about mixing it with cannabis is that you don't get like it's like you don't get very high from the cannabis and you don't get very buzzed from the cigarette so it's kind of like nothing <laughs> you just kind of i like that happy medium i love that <laughs> i know what you mean not man. too much not too little it's a yeah nice you don't want to be too but it's true because I just noticed that whenever I'd get high, I'd get super high, and then I'd smoke a cigarette. Yeah. It would probably bring me down, like, to a lower level of high, for sure. Right. So I can imagine, you know, when you, I used to smoke those things, too, like the spliff. Um, yeah, man, spliff life. Do <laughs> <laughs> you put the little filter in there? Yeah, I roll it up and everything. I I, uh, I use the tobacco brand Nat Sherman's. It's just water yeah, and tobacco, sure. and it's uh, super smooth. And um, yeah, man. For some reason, I'm like I'm just smoking like you know very low grade uh, trim, just because I I just really enjoy that little head rush medium, and I can operate and get everything done and. Uh, that actually helps me to be more conscious of the monitor as well for some reason with my, my body and just, um, just keeps me focused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's something that like, if you can help you to maintain a bliss state, you'll be protected from the kinds of things that people warn about when it comes to smoking. Like, 
you, you that's the key like you have to maintain the bliss state and you will be protected on some level from like a, some of the free radicals that smoking creates right I mean, it just right. does um right but have you tried um vaporizing the two together i haven't uh i had a roommate a couple of years ago that had one of those it looked like one of those old cell phone bricks and you just sucked it out of the antenna. Um, it was this giant bait machine and it, I tried it a couple times and it, it just did not uh, work with my lungs. I just felt like I was coughing all day and it didn't feel great for me. Right, right, personally. right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the way to do it is to use pipe. I've done it because I used to be quite addicted to, to, to nicotine. But I figured out I used to, I had this problem where every time I'd smoke a cigarette, like something really bad would happen to a loved one. Like, oh my god! I know it was weird. Oh my god! It was like a dog. My dog would die. Like the last the last cigarette I had, my dog was hit by a car. That's awful, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, and I, and and before that I had noticed a pattern and I remember just like somebody handing me a cigarette and being like, Oh, you know, I was, I thought about the pattern and I was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. I had a, I, so I had the cigarette and like two hours later, my dog gets hit by a car. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. I quit this shit. So then I was like, fuck, but I love nicotine. So I was like, yeah, let me see if I can vape this shit. That's not smoking. (laughs) How so do you feel some, about that, the, the vapes? I mean, I got, I, I, I started out trying to use the, you know, the Nat Sherman and the, um, the American Spirit, and it's too dry. The only tobacco that you can vape is pipe tobacco, like the really moist one. Right. Um, and you put that like shit you in get there. From the bags. Yes, like from a, yeah. from a real reputable place. You can't go to like some random place that's all dry and shit. You have to get like the moist stuff and right. you mix it up with weed and you put it in any kind of vaporizer and it's good. It's like the best. I became so addicted to that <laughs> that I was just like, all right, I got to stop this. Um, but look, if you're not eating carbs, if you're eating like a good diet and you're maintaining your bliss state, it's fine. I mean, at the time I was, fucking indulging in it i was like a full-on mess like eating like whatever not i'm 27 so whatever that means to you (laughs) (laughs) doesn't mean anything (laughs) i got time i guess right i got time (laughs) right to stop uh yeah the only thing about i i just look at nicotine like it's a sacred substance and it's it's something that that's what it's used for. So just treat it that way. That's all. Even if you're doing it on a daily basis, it's fine. Just like don't take it for granted. You know, just of course honor it like a ritual. Like every time you do it, it helps. Have you ever so. done rape? Um, is that where they blow something up your nose? Yeah, it's the tobacco blend from the Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, after I did that, I got a 
I felt like I felt this grandfather energy from that plant and uh, there was a sacredness that I connected with. And uh, yeah, every time I, I roll one up, there's that feeling I get. And yeah, man, I think uh, if you can use it with consciousness and not to dull, but just to, for me, it's not even enhancing. It just almost feels, I hate to say a part of me like that, but yeah, it, it, no, I, yeah, for lack of better words. I actually think it's, it's totally fine for, for a person that is, 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 is with the diet and the, the exercise kind of regimen that you have, I think you'll be okay. I mean, but you know, always just like better to be as less smoke as possible. But you know, we're just saying like you're already engaged in a very blissful practice. So it's, it's not going to affect you like it affects somebody who isn't. Um, Right. And also in terms of animal, I've said this on some of the shows is like eating animals. It's like if you're at the lower vibrational level than the animal that you're eating, then you're actually, you're actually going against the food chain. You're going against the natural order of things. Like you, if you're mm-hmm. to eat this animal, you have to vibrate at a higher level than the animal. Um, and then it will nutrify you and it will, it will, it will merge with you in a positive way. If if the animal flesh that you're merging with is merging with a lesser being than the cow, which most a lot of people are because they're just in their ego, they're not happy, they're they're a less blissful being. Let's put it that way than the cow. Um, right. Then that cow meat is going to kill them. So like. That's that's the difference. That's how you kind of like. So you have to make sure that you're up, like if you're eating flesh of another animal, like you need to give thanks for it, and you need to live oh, yeah. up to it, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There's always Thanksgiving. It's always. I'm also I'm also visualizing the animal, you know, doing its thing, living its life, and. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just gratitude. It's well, guess back what? Gratitude. There's another version of that animal in another parallel universe that's living. Mm. I mean, that's, that's you know, where, like, you can kind of justify basically anything. I mean, it's sad. You could justify, like, genocide <laughs> that way, which I wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> everything... <laughs> gets fixed like the killing of a child it's like oh well there's a parallel universe where the child lives on sometimes you can actually get there now maybe that's the question you were asking like in terms of going from one reality to the next somewhat yeah because somebody you we were talking about I, i talked about one time like what if somebody close to you dies and like you you know You'd rather they didn't die. Like, you, can you breathe your way into them being alive again? I I thought it was theoretically possible. I've never done it. The problem is, maybe I have done it. And that after it happened, the person came alive again, but my memories shifted. 
right? Like mm-hmm. I, so somebody dies, I respond to it by really focusing on my breathing. And all of a sudden I wake up one morning and I just had a, a dream that they died. Um, mm-hmm. And they're alive. That's basically sometimes happens, like, but you don't realize right. it because it's like a time travel thing. Like, obviously, like you, you went into another parallel universe where the history was different. This guy lived. So that's why, like, I don't agree with mourning. I don't think you should ever mourn someone's death. Somebody's death should always just be a further reminder to breathe more because there's a likelihood that they might not even be dead. So in that sense, you can't, if you, if you want them to be alive, then, then breathe. Maybe you'll enter the parallel universe where they're still alive. And that, cause that's where and you want to go. Yeah. Maybe we have to change our definition of, you know, dead and alive that their physical definitely is no longer here. That could be the dead, but you can still feel that person. If you think of them and think of a memory, what, you know, just because the physical isn't in place, maybe, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, man. But I would, I would say that maybe being able to feel them would allow, if anything, that reality, but it's not a physical reality. Maybe there's different levels of realities that just like, you know, fifth dimension where it's just light consciousness, you know, there's a, a tapping into that realm that we can blend with this or, yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to see what this person, they're raising their hand now that the person that called in. All right. So you got to turn off your um, radio, or your computer, so you can hear us directly. So I'm about to go to you. I know it's on delay, so I just want to give you a little bit of time. And here I go. Hello, are you there? Anybody there? <laughs> well, I was muted. I apologize. I had my mute on. <laughs> Hey, you can hear me hey. now? Got you. Can hear you. Yeah, I've been so. listening for a minute off and on. I've multitasking, you know, good old mundane things of this existence. But um, since you're talking about, um, you know, when people uh, pass on, what do you feel about... Um, Our existence as far as being in this flesh. We are spirits and souls clothed in flesh. So Absolutely. the spirit world and the physical world is basically side by side. Well you know, basically yes. I believe that we are gods who came down to inhabit a physical form and to spiritualize the physical form. Um, and and that's what we're here to do. I mean, we're here to, to, to create the kingdom of heaven in the material world.
What do you What do you think? Well, that's that's uh, an advanced being, you know, indeed. Because um, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the populace, you know, society and things, and um, that's that's the greater part of being, you know, just like that's what that vibration of agape love and all of that is, because, you know, if you're acknowledging that you're an intricate part of the all, then there's no reason and no need to do harm to anyone. But, um, you know, there's so many things go on in this existence and even to strive to speak to people on those kind of levels. It's just like, yeah, there's somebody that needs to be ostracized because, you know, they really don't want to hear that, unfortunately. And that's another reason why there's so many... um, challenges and just like you were speaking on mourning and things like that. There's an old uh, proverb that says you should cry when babies are born and rejoice when people pass on because it's like, you know, they're free Mm -hmm. of the flesh, even though just like what you were speaking to initially, if an individual is living, you know, in their higher self, and demonstrating that, you know, that's who they innately are and they know that and they're being that and, you know, the dynamics of the paradox of this world would definitely change immediately. Yeah. I mean, so it's your, I mean, we were just talking about how the only thing you really have to focus on is just making sure that you're in, in a bliss state, you're happy, and then everything will follow. Like you, you will behave as a god on earth if you're if you're happy. Now, easier said than done, right? Like, oh, just be happy. <laughs> it's like, but it's true. Like, you cannot be a good person when you're not in a good frame of mind, right? You just can't. Mm-hmm. So as much as you, there's like, oh, this code you have to live by, like, oh, just follow the commandments. Like, you can't follow the commandments, like, if you're not in a in a self-created bliss state, you can't. You will fuck your neighbor's wife. You will kill somebody. You will... You will harm somebody in some way sometimes like very minor sometimes very major but the point is is that you're a dangerous person unless you're in a bliss state so it's your responsibility to figure out what how to get there um you cannot go out into the world if you're like angry upset sad scared depressed, you're going to be a poison out there. You're going to create the society, the society that's so bad right now. It's like, that's just like so many people just poisoning it because they're not happy. What's your name? What do you feel? Ukani. Oh, Ukani. Okay. 
So what do you feel um, would be a good way to uh, assist people with um, that realization or awakening or even to, uh, it's like you're saying, it's not easy even, you know, as a, a beginner's practice no matter what your walk, but, you know, that's that's truly the higher state of being is bliss and peace, you know. But, uh, but it's behind you your thought. Try it. It's it's behind your thinking. It's like when 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 you remove the the thinking mind that's just thinking on its own and you stop it and you 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 just say you ask yourself, what am I thinking about right now? And you and you see that it's nothing. Like when you're stopped, this mind train of thought, you, the bliss is right behind there. It's just it's covered up by that. It's covered up by all the fears, and thoughts of death, and thoughts of like anger from events of the past, and they're all just like mulling around in your head. So they form a film that covers up bliss. And the minute you just kind of puncture that film and you're like, you see it for what it is, it's just, it's it's imaginary. It's there. You dip into it. You think it's you, but it's not you. It's just this thought wall of just fears, anxieties, depressions, whatever. Once you start to see that that is there, then you, how do you, you know, that your only job in this worth is to get out of it yourself. Like you can't get other people out of their non bliss. Like it's just impossible. And the minute you try, it's because you're letting their non bliss state become your non bliss state. And you're like desperately trying to like save them and you're drowning yourself. So, you have to make sure that you keep your bliss state up around people who aren't in a bliss state. It's really, that's the, that's the challenge. Back to the self again. Right. I see. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's more like you just have to hold up your end of the bargain. Like if they're not holding up their end, then that's their problem. But it's like, don't let, you know, just because they drop one end of the couch, you don't drop your end of the couch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and and most people are that's dropping cool. their end of the couch. I mean, they are. Indeed. So it's basically like if you move, you got to either leave your furniture there or move it yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it? man. That's it. <laughs> so you have any other questions, man? Uh, no, but um, I can really uh, concur or acknowledge what you're saying because uh, uh, I had a friend, he um, played music, played guitar. He play keyboards. Uh, he gave me a kalimba one time and uh, like a tambourine or something. But anyway, I used to try and uh, just just play to play what I was feeling and things like that, you know. 
And you think, you know, you sound pretty good, but um, the key to harmonizing is you add your instrument in the silence. So just like what you're saying, where the blisters is behind all of the monkey brain thoughts and all of those things, so... So just no matter what another individual is doing, your responsibility is to play whatever instrument you choose or you have in peace, you know. Well, it's like Jordan was saying, maybe before you started listening, it was like he was talking about how you're either acting out of love or you're acting out of fear. It's one or the other. That's always a choice. My, I, I contend that it's, there's there's very little choice. Like, like if you're not in a blue state, you're going to act out of fear. If you're in a blue state, you're going to act out of love. So the the only choice you have to make is whether or not you stay in a blue state or not. And you're, you cannot accept yourself as somebody who's not happy. Like you can't say, Oh, I'm just not some, I'm, you know, I have depression. It's like, no, you're not allowed to have depression. (laughs) It's illegal. (laughs) Pick something else. Like, I mean, drink, get fucking drunk, motherfucker, get high. I don't care. Don't be depressed. (laughs) I mean, I'm almost saying that. It's like it's healthier to like get drunk than it is to remain depressed. Like it is. I I I I mean, I think that doesn't work out like over and over, right? I mean, it's like I'm not trying to get people to become alcoholics, but I'm just saying like anything you can do to snap yourself out of it. Try not to use the same thing over and over. <laughs> use <laughs> use different things like exercise, cold shower, hot shower, sauna, you know. There's all these different ways. Those are your different instruments. Those are your different instruments. Yeah, like snap yourself. If you're in a funk, like clean up your whole fucking house. And then that that can help, right? Um, But whatever it is, like you have to do something. Or if you don't do something positive to snap yourself out of it, you're going to do something negative, very negative. So I think that's a solution too. It's just like take a deep set of breaths. I believe that you won't really feel yourself. Like once you're in that funk, you don't really get out of it until you breathe at least like 25, like really full breaths. Um, And 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 through your nose and just like you filling up your diaphragm until you get to the end of that 25, like you're still pretty much like a depressed person. Like you've let yourself get to that. So we were talking about breathing earlier and it's just like, that's, that's the, the way to stop the thinking, you know, the, the chattering mind, the, the film that sets over bliss. It's just like, a, a nice deep breath and followed by several others and try to continue that perpetually. That's one of the greatest ways to stay on top of your emotions, on top of everything. Like 
And we were talking about diet too, in that you got to make sure you're eating food that doesn't like dramatically swing your blood sugar because that keeps you even on another level. Mike, would you say that's a, that's a good start right there is to start with the blood sugar thing? I think it's the only start. I think it's the right. only start. The breathing is, is like it works momentarily in different situations, but it won't be enough if you're not eating a, a diet that doesn't, um, you know, a, a diet that keeps your blood sugar at pretty even. Like you shouldn't be actually raising your insulin levels like too often. In fact, probably never. I mean, I would say because it's like your insulin goes up. The, the minute your insulin goes up, like all these bad things start to happen to your body. Basically, your body is like in a hyper state of aging and, and storing fat when your insulin goes up. So anytime you eat something that really raises your blood sugar, like your insulin raises up and then all the things that are associated with aging start happening. And all the things that start happen, start being associated with like depression and anxiety and that starts going on. So it's like, I, I don't believe you can just breathe your way out of that. I think you need to really look at your diet, make sure that you're eating like some, Mostly protein and vegetables and fats and like very low carbohydrates. Mm. So I heard you say things about, you know, vegan and vegetarian. So your protein would have to be uh, like peas, like the, the guy said earlier, and things of that nature. Meaning if you really don't want to eat meat, because just like what you're saying, you know, on a certain level, if you're not raising and so-called slaughtering your own animals, you know. A friend of mine drives truck, and he told me he went to that meat processing plant, wherever the hell it is, and he said he drove for miles before he got to the plant. And on the way back, once he went through that plant, he could see the spirit of cows jumping and running and floating in the air and they'd like basically come into the truck and look into his eyes like they're asking him for help. Wow. wow. Yeah, because it's, it's it's vicious. They lead all the cows to there's one cow at a time coming in and there's these hooks that come down and pick up right. the animal. Right. It's, it's, it's horrific the way they yeah. do these things. They're tortured. Yes, yeah, all that energy is in the meat. Like it is. Like talking about the fear and anxiety 100%. and depression and all of those things. It is. You know, I mean, and the fasting and things like that is definitely, um, you know, a good thing to do also because, you know, I mean, you, you need to give your body time out in a lot of ways, just like you're saying. You have a, uh, a high-stress lifestyle. I don't care if you're a cop, politician, you know, working at a fast food restaurant comes a time when you need to sit down and just relax or be quiet or be still, even if it's just for five or ten minutes, you know. Other than that, you'll be living in chaos. And your body is, you know, really being taxed. So I can understand exactly what you're saying. But uh, I've been looking at that vegan lifestyle, you know, um, 
And I think it is important. I mean, anything you're eating is still consumption and something is giving its life for you because everything on this planet is alive. But, you know, I feel it is better to become one with those things, plants and, you know, on certain levels. I love eating curry goat. I'm not going to lie. I love eating goat. I love eating salmon, kingfish, things (laughs) of that nature. But, uh, yeah, I think that protein thing would be a challenge. Yeah, I don't well, think there's one way to do anything. I think, you know, it's, and just like we were talking about earlier, just with even just the tobacco and cannabis, you know, you find what works for you if the bliss state is still intact. And if that's yeah. being consciously brought in more than not, I think it's a you net know, positive. If you find your lane. Yeah, yeah. Then that, you can make that, you know, your golden road, your golden brick road. It's not um, one diet for, you know, the masses. Mm. It's, it's whatever it's gets your you diet, there. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's your, it's your commandments. It's your instruments. It's learning how to play your instruments, not someone else's, you know, you, you could be good at piano and someone could be really good at guitar and, you try and do guitar and piano, it takes away from actually just being really good at piano. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of finding what works for you. Yeah, because, Indeed. like, you were saying, Jordan, uh, you were saying you stopped using caffeine, and I actually did stop doing that while I was still, like, struggling with the diet. Like, I wasn't actually perform. I wasn't doing any kind of keto diet. I was just doing a regular, like, normal kind of half-carbohydrate. I was fasting, but I was still eating a lot of carbs. And I found that caffeine was just really messing with me. Now, when I got into a state of ketosis, started really, like, burning fat and creating my own glucose, like, I created. I started doing the bulletproof coffee. You know, like you put like some MCT butter oils, butter, yeah. and like coconut milk from the can, like the the real thick stuff, and then just some coffee, and like that was just like wow. Like that's like that. I'm that's probably giving me what you get from the tobacco and weed joint. You know, it's just like right. It's it's just a certain combination of like ancient. I mean, these are ancient things like coffee, yeah. tobacco, like herb. You know, it's just ancient stuff that we humans have had on this earth forever. And if you find the right combination and you put them together and you and it helps you enhances you instead of brings you down, then it's good. It's whatever. It's alchemy. It's alchemy. Right. It's your own alchemy. It's, um, I don't know if you've read the book, The Alchemist, if any of you guys have, mm-hmm. but, you know. Your own old the, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, spoiler alert, it's you, you know. It's like, right. it's you. It's always been you. It's never not going to be you. Whatever you do, however you walk through life, it's you and nothing else. And you need to find what you are and what works for you. And that's the same thing with alchemizing whatever, you know, maybe it's the caffeine with the butter or it's the cannabis with the tobacco. It's, 
you got to find your alchemy and then, you know, it's just, there's an alignment feeling. Right. It's like, if it's not throwing you, you know, if you're not waking up feeling hungover, if it's not interrupt, if it's, you know, if it's not interrupting your sleep or interrupting your life, it's actually enhancing your life. That's, that's mm-hmm. the measure of it. Like, so there's a lot of people who's like, yeah, well, alcohol, you know, is my alchemy. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you know, it's fucking up your life. So that's no good. Yeah, look around, <laughs> look around. Um, and, and, and a lot of people think that they got, you know, that their way is the right way. And and sometimes it's not, I mean, sometimes it's just like, you have to see what is your bliss state. That's why I always kind of focus on the bliss state. Cause like, it's like monitor how you feel, like don't let yourself feel bad. And also don't feel like you, that, it's you. Some people feel guilty for feeling good. They don't feel free to feel good. They actually think mm-hmm. that it's it's their duty to not feel good because if they felt good, it would make them complacent and it would make them not pursue the goals that they want to pursue. They think that what's driving them is their dissatisfaction and so that they should feel dissatisfied. I mean, frankly, like, that's how they they look at it. Like, and I think that's wrong. I think that you cannot get much done while you're dissatisfied. Like, it's not going to be a motivator for action. It's going to be a dismotivator, demotivator for action. But the question: Do you feel that that thought process comes from somebody trying to? stay part of the herd or the fold and appease others. You know, just like for you know, just like for example, there's so many things that we've been told on so many different levels, even reading some of these, you know, religious books and whatnot. If you read that book for yourself, it it kind of speaks differently than to go to say like the Bible and go into a church and what the minister says this particular verse means and you read it a year ago or three months ago or whatever, and you got a different message from it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And now yeah. you're in this yeah. organization, in this in this church, in this building, and the multitude believes what Rev says, even if you strive to get understanding in a Bible study or whatever, and he's still basically giving you the same, you know, story or whatever the case may be. You know, because just like you're saying, it is, it really, everything really does come down to personal, you know. I mean, so, um, like I interpreted the Bible literally, like when I, when I heard Jesus, read Jesus talking about everlasting life, like I was like, yeah, like everlasting life, immortality. Like I didn't talk, I didn't think about everlasting afterlife. I didn't think about right. Everlasting, like, because afterlife, you know, the afterlife was something during Jesus's time that was well known. People always thought of the afterlife. They didn't. So when he came talking about everlasting life, like we've it's been interpreted now as him talking about an afterlife. And it's like, but that would have been old news back then. Mm-hmm. So I interpreted him saying, no, 
I'm talking about living forever as a physical human. Like I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you that. And that's why he was so revolutionary. He was he was starting a school of immortality which is like you can imagine why they'd want to kill him for that. You can't imagine why they'd want to kill somebody for being like, "Hey, there's an afterlife." Right? I mean, that's not enough. It's interesting that you went there because um, just, well, I'm not going to go to the thing about the pokey pokey, but um, just like they put the thorns <laughs> on his head, you know, and they called him the Prince of the Jews. But to me, the symbology of putting those thorns, that thorn crown on his head is so that nobody would touch his information because you think about it in order to touch where his information lies besides his heart, mm. you know, you'd have to deal with those thorns and nobody wants to get poked. You mm-hmm. see? Interesting. So they put a crown of thorns on his head. You won't yeah, try to think about because it's going to hurt. Hmm? Even, I mean, even Jesus um, was like, given all his wisdom like he had a moment he had that moment where he was like freaking out you know they had put him up on the cross and he yells out to god he's like why you know why have you forsaken me you know and and uh that was like i think the moment where it happens to all of us like as enlightened as we can be Somebody's going to hang us up on a cross someday and we're going to feel like so upset by it. And so our enlightenment will leave us for that moment. Just as we scream out to God, why are you doing this? And then, you know, it's a metaphor for, for all our tribulations. I mean, that, that moment. Um, but what happened with Jesus, Right. My theory is that he's still alive. Like he went mm-hmm. into hiding. Um, his mm-hmm. body, in one of the Gospels, his body is gone from the tomb. So is he walking the earth now? I think he might Hang be. out with Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Machiavelli, huh? <laughs> Tupac and Big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard two. I've I've heard people say they've seen Tupac and Biggie in Cuba with dreads. <laughs> I believe it. So, <laughs> that the whole yeah, thing they was said like that Michael elaborate. Jackson walked. That somebody seen Michael Jackson get out the back of the ambulance too. <laughs> you know, is that right? Yeah, man. I can imagine yeah. Jackson just faking his death because. It was just getting too much for him with all the the accusations. Um, but that's a whole other that's a whole other show. <laughs> um, but, but the beauty of it is, is just like what you're speaking to. It's um, whatever you choose to do and do harm to no one, but to find your point of bliss and staying there. That, that's your end of the bargain. I mean. You don't have to do anything else. Like, it's not your job to bring anyone else into bliss. 
It really it's not. It's like you can't actually. Although I would say Jordan, you're saying I helped you, <laughs> so maybe I maybe I did help you. Well, what I'm saying, well, what I yeah, it's just I think that you can, you know, you can show others bliss by being in bliss. You know, when you're in bliss, people are aware of it, even if they don't know how to define it with their vocabulary. They can feel it. It's a, it's a state. It's a state of being. It's a, an essence, it's like a smell, like we were talking about before. It's pungent. You know, you, that person walks in the room, and you can feel them a mile away. It's a. Yeah, it, it's often yeah. called charisma. Mm. But it can be drug-induced sometimes, and it can be, um, you know, it can be fake. <clears throat> There's also false versions of it that come from ego. But, or so, love. you know, like, and yeah, exactly. And and just, you know, sometimes a, a good buzz, you know, a good, a good alcohol buzz can create a little bit of charisma and bliss for you. Um, but the idea is that if you're um, making yourself appreciative of the world you're in, like in awe of it, like so often, like we fail to see how amazing this reality is that we're like living in this virtual world that is, it just like there's a sun. It's alive. Yeah. There's like living creatures all around. Like, and we're just Mm. taking it all for granted. We're like, Oh, I wish I had more money. You know, like that's (laughs) like everything. My backyard is big enough. I I know you, I know you're not going to tell me that a 57 inch color TV is not a good thing. I know you're not going to tell me (laughs) LOL. (laughs) I think it's another thing to be in awe of. Right. I mean, it's just another yeah. thing to be like, wow, look at my life. It's great. I have this huge TV. I mean, <clears throat> instead, people are like, yeah, this is good, but I wish I had that. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is pretty good, but I could do better. You could always do better, right? And that's, that's like, got to be rough. social media, you know? But it was before social media. It definitely it's, was before social media, yeah. It's from our parents. Our parents never believed that we lived up to our potential, so they basically inculcated that into ourselves. So now we never believe that we're arrived. We never believe we're complete. We always believe that we are on our way to something instead of there. And that feeling is is anxiety. There's an anxiety associated with that. And that's the anxiety that runs the society. That's why the society is running the way it is. It's like it requires a certain amount of anxiety on the part of everybody to contribute mm-hmm. to, the, to the general anxiety. Feed the machine. Yes, indeed. Um, I got to step away. I thank you, and I'm going to definitely lock into your um, platform. But uh, I knew this girl from Kenya, and you know, I don't know what it's called, but when somebody sends you an email, 
they always have a saying or something on the bottom of the email, and what it would say is, the joy of, a mo- of the morning is not the sunrise. It's being here another day to see the world through God's eyes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you are. I mean, but your eyes are the, you know, your eyes are effectively the eyes of the devil if you're like in a, if you're out of the bliss state. And it's just, so it's one or the other. But that's great, man. Great way to leave the the chat. Man, I thank you for calling in, man. Hey, I thank you for what you do, you know. So bliss up, you know, stay in there, flow of bliss, definitely. Hell Just yeah, man. Stay cut in Cut down it. on the, the thought chatter. Increase the breathing. Like, your breathing to thought ratio, the breathing should always be the higher number, the higher value. Your thought, you know, like, so just compare your thought ratio to your, the, like, the amount of thoughts in your head to the amount of your breathing. It's, it's, most people, it's out of whack. Too much thought, not enough breathing. So that's the way to stay in the bliss. But thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Come, come back next time. Definitely. All you right. next Sunday? Well, we'll see. Probably. <laughs> All right. Cool. Check it, check good it out. You, man. Thanks, Have a good man. night. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you both. All right. Good night. Peace. Have a good All night. Right. That was nice to have a this guy who just randomly stumbled onto our conversation. Yeah, cool guy. Absolutely. But anyway, so finally let's let's get into the Logan thing here. All right. Now, naturally like given that you're immortal, right? Like you got to project yourself like into the far, 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 far future. And I always did that. I always had like, wow, like what, what's going to, what's going to be in the future? Now, will time travel or will time travel exist in the future? And if it does, then the way I looked at it is like, if time travel will exist in the future, then it exists now because it's time travel. So there should already be tourists. There would already be um, versions of me because I'm immortal. So you, you, you combine immortality with time travel and then you realize that like, oh shit, like I'm coming back here. The me 2,000 years from now, and once time travel gets invented, is going to want to come back here and, um, you know, do things right. Or maybe do things like nefariously. I mean, I was forming a whole kind of novel around this idea. Like, first of all, I'm a, I'm a rapper, right? I've been rapping for a while. Maybe longer Same, than that. man. Yeah. So, so I've been doing that. I've been doing these little clubs, mostly in New York. Now I'm doing shit outside. Like every, I go to like wherever there's like a place where people perform in a city. I'm setting up with a mic and a fucking battery powered amp, and I'm performing and you know making money. That's amazing. Uh, 
yeah. I just I just came back from Vegas. I did like two weeks there on the on the strip, right on a, one of the bridges, like between two of the casinos. You don't need a permit there, or nothing, man. You just go out there. That's crazy. That's awesome, yeah. man. And you make money. So I did that, and I was just like, wow, man. Like, and I and it's funny because like I wasn't gonna do it. I was just like, this is this relates to the Logan thing because. I wasn't going to do it, but I understood that my future self, like I went to Vegas. I was like, I'm going to Vegas for two weeks. Like, am I really going to perform like out in the strip? Like, am I really going to do that? I bought the amp. I bought the battery parent amp. I bought the mic. I bought everything I needed. Then comes time to get on the plane. Fucking, I forgot the, like I left the, the amp in my car, you know, rushing to the fucking airport, a plane. Uh, and I was like, fuck, man. I was like, oh, well. And like two days before, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that shit. I'm not going to perform outside in front of people, man. Like, I'm going to get fucked with. It's like not going to be cool. I'm not going to do it. Right. And I was like, I felt good. I was like, yeah, man, who gives a shit? Fuck it. And then I just thought about my future self. Like, looking back and being like, is that really what he would have wanted? You know, and there's all these moments in your life where you didn't take that road. You didn't take the bolder road, you know. You took the more pussy road, basically. And you didn't do, like, the right. You didn't do the thing that's cool. That's like, that your future self would look back on and be like, yeah, man, that's fucking cool that you did that. (laughs) Instead, you right. did, like, the easy shit. You sat home and watched TV. You didn't do anything. <laughs> Whatever. But the point is, it's like, that person, you know, like, I made a character out of that person. Like, that was the person that got me into the rapping because it's, like, basically, like, a time traveler from the future came back here, murdered me, a, a version of me came back here, took me out. There's different variations of the story. One is actually just taking over my body. Another is actually killing me and replacing me. But whatever it is, replacing the a version of me, however he did it, that was like, no, motherfucker, you are doing these things. All these things that that you were too wimpy to do, you're going to do them now. And here he is. It's like, you can call him into your life. Like, you can create um, your own version of Logan from the future. Just call it Jordan from the future. And you basically, like, think about what, what he wants you to do now. And he wants it to be cool. <laughs> you know? Is this the same... Yeah, no, he wants to be the coolest. He wants to be the movie star. He wants, you know, I, I get that. And is this the similar, is this the same idea of, you know, being the, the best? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's another version of it in some level. But it's also, yeah, it's also what the goddess, like, would be turned on by. Like, the goddess is constantly watching you. 
And this is the spirituality of like the bliss state is like treat God like this beautiful woman that is either hot for you or not. And what would turn that woman on? I mean, the woman is like a woman your age that's just watching you. Are they watching you just like jerk off? (laughs) Are they watching you watching TV? You know? Are they watching you like writing songs and like creating awesome art, even though no one's seeing it, but you're doing it? Like, Mm. you know, or no one's hearing it, but you're doing it. Like, is she watching you do that? Because the minute she is, she will start opening the doors for those things. But you, most people are like, yeah, but those doors aren't open. You know, like, so they're just like, you know, why do it? I'm just going to watch TV. I'm going to, like, watch this this new series on uh, Apple TV or whatever. You know, it's so, like, kill, like... Yeah the whole fucking week just watching a show. Like, the goddess is not going to like you, man. Like, honestly, be like, <laughs> turn away from you. I mean, just bored. So there is there is that element of that. But what I'm talking about is like a little bit different is that this guy comes back and takes control and just like, fuck mm. you. Like, kills you. Like, you kill yourself. And so that's what happened to me in Vegas is that I got to the point where I was like, oh, well, I forgot my amp. I'm just going to hang out at the pool in Vegas, like write some, write a bunch of stuff, man, like write new stuff, <laughs> like rationalize it, like the bullshit to myself. And I was like, and all of a sudden, like I had the vision of like the Logan coming and was like, no, dude, like, like, I I was like, if I don't do this, like, I will be killed by that Logan. Like, that Logan will come back here, murder me, and maybe he already did. Maybe that's really what happened. I mean, it's it's iffy. We don't know what happened. But the point is, it's like, I went, I found the same amp. It's a battery-powered amp, you know, like, it was at at some uh, guitar studio. It was, like, on sale. It was, like, a floor model. Like, they are like, I knew I could just buy it and return it, which I did. Um, and so I performed every day on the street, like a couple hours a day, three hours a day, made like lots of money, man, like a hundred, couple hundred dollars every day. Nice. So, and I was just like, and it was like the doors opened up. I mean, it was just like, wow, man, I felt so good. Like the bliss state level where you can just perform as long as you want and no one gives a shit about the sound like because it's Vegas like they want you there and all the people that are playing around there are like fucking bums dude like they're not I'm just saying like they're literal bums like they're they're hitting on pots and pans and one's got a speaker he doesn't know how to sing it's like there's nobody that's doing like good shit there so I saw that and I was like fuck man I'm just going out there I'm doing it like and so I'm going back in January I'm going to do it again there but I'm also going to go to like Nashville I'm going to like DC I'm going to New York on Times Square like fuck it man nice so but I'm just saying like that's that's Logan from the future like 
that's why I named myself that as a rapper because I was like that person that so like you're gonna go do this rapping like like it it takes balls it takes a kind of future perspective to just do anything like that you can't just like um like eat on a certain level like because I had abandoned all the dissatisfaction motivation which isn't motivation at all but on some level it keeps people moving but I think it's very counterproductive but I'm just saying because I had abandoned that I had to come up with a new motivator like a productive motivator and so I came up with the Logan story now the funny thing is about (laughs) the real like Logan thing is that it started out from me just making a joke about like fucking a girl so hard that (laughs) so fast like from behind that like you create a ripple in time so of course <laughs> like in the story like Le- Mike Trojan me invents t- time travel like he is the, the inventor of time travel he is he does it through doggy style sex mm. he he cre- he jumps into the future he actually jumps into the past uh, that was his first jump. Uh, he he's, he jumps into the past to his high school years and coaches his high school self, you know, how to get all the chicks. Um, but what does that do? That causes, like, a major fuck-up, right? I mean, he... It changes a part of history, obviously. We've all seen Back to the Future. So the problem with that is that he keeps trying to fix it. Like, after he does that, he realizes, oh, that was a mistake. Like, it changes the world in a way that's bad. So he goes back, tries to fix it, and he keeps going back and back. And meanwhile, he's also, like, a victim of his own lusts. The thing about Mike Trojan is, is that, like, he lusts for women that are ideal for time travel. And he ends up just creating a, just ripples and ripples of chaos everywhere. Just trying to fix his one fuck up. It doesn't work. And of course, the idea is that like, this is a metaphor for, at least I always thought it was a metaphor for just like the thought. Um, of, of your of your thought processes, which is essentially just like this repeating pattern of pain, repeating engrams over and over again, endlessly, trying to rect- trying to resolve them, almost by time traveling in your brain to the event, and then coming back to the future, and you're doing a lot of time traveling when you're thinking. So I always thought of it as a metaphor right. for thinking. So. It's almost so, yeah. relative to the uh, parallel realities that we're talking about. Yeah. It's it's like parallel times. They're all existing at the same time, right? So, yeah. And you can imagine that with any kind of real time travel, like there would be a kind of chaos factor involved in it because basically like all these different parallel universes to these different, I, w- I don't want to say parallel universes, I want to say parallel kingdoms. So, 
yes, there's like infinite parallel universes, but there's, there actually ended up being only a finite amount of parallel kingdoms. And these kingdoms mm. are, one is the kingdom of nihilistic self-regret. Okay. Now that kingdom is where we are kind of generally right now. It's like nihilism, no spirituality, right? Like regret, but regret that's essentially tied to the self. Uh, nihilistic. So nihilistic, so that's kind of like what most people are feeling right now. That's the general ethos. Right. And the ruler of that parallel universe continues. I mean, there, it, this goes on for a long period, but there's like, there are other realms competing with it, but this one is ruled by what I call the Bidoff King. Now, the Bidoff King is a guy who is like an expert masturbator. Like he's like, he makes, he can make his dick feel better than any woman. <laughs> Right. And mm-hmm. his whole thing, his whole thing is like, it's me making fun of, it's me making fun of my philosophy. Okay. Cause it's the idea is like, okay, so you want the bliss state. So just figure out how to be such a good masturbator that you keep yourself like well masturbated into the bliss state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which totally. is not, it's just not right, you know, like there's that's the full version of it, right? Like that's that's not the way to go. And that's not the way the goddess wants to see it going. Right. So it's like an illusion of the bliss state. Yeah. Like you can fall into that. Not necessarily like jerking off all the time, but a version of it. It's just a metaphor. Yeah. Um it doesn't have to eat. I mean, sometimes it literally is that, but other times <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's a version of that. Like when you, when you watch too much entertainment and you're just like allow you're letting your brain be like, almost like a, a DVD player. You ever notice like you watch movies and like, you'll watch them like a week ago and you won't remember a thing. Thing about the movie like someone asks you like what was the movie about and you'd be like uh, you'll say a few things but like most of it's gone and the reason is is because your brain has become a DVD player or like a media player it's not it's not retaining because it's been trained to be like it's like you're putting in a like a you're putting something in it and it's playing it that's it it's not allowing you to absorb anything and that's that's smart because if it does it's just like it's useless information for the most part you might be getting a few storing a few good thoughts from it but like nothing that you're going to remember or associate with that movie so the idea is that like your brain needs to be um, engaged in creation for it to develop um, and if it's a passive kind of machine that's just being, something's being played on, it's not going to go anywhere. And obviously the goddess knows that, you know that, 
Your future self knows that. But so the bliss state is not enough. Like that's what I'm saying. And and it won't last if you're not creating, right? I mean, you know this. You're an artist. Yeah. In fact, no, I get it. The more you, the longer you go without actually cre- doing any kind of creation. Um, I think we're gonna get like get cut off here, but let's go quickly. The the more you go without any creation, the the more anger is gonna be. You're gonna have to deal with the more sadness, the more depression. So creation is you're doing major... less of you. You know, you're you're becoming less of you instead of becoming more of you. Exactly. So. Um, What's interesting now is that I just got a message that's saying that the show has ended, but um, but we're still online. That's a good that's a that's a good spot to end. We can uh, we can continue on the next round. Yes. Um, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. it. Helps me to have somebody to bounce the ideas off of. So. If uh, if you're willing to come on again, let's do it. I would love that, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I just appreciate all the the knowledge that you've given me and that I've been able to, you know, give out to others. And it's just a ripple effect at this point. So, uh, yeah, I would love to come back on and uh, continue this. All right. So maybe we'll shoot for next Sunday. Sounds good, man. I I will see you then. (laughs) <laughs> All right, dude. Good talking to you, man, and uh, have a good night. You as well, man. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.